the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Happy Saturday, everybody. I don't know if it's been a long week for y'all, but it's been a long week for me again. The hard life of a college or a high school student. <laughs> I was just fixing to say, oh, Sorry. wait a minute. Almost college. But it's almost, well, that's not really Christmas break yet. It's 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 coming. Thanksgiving. Oh, man, you can't, you can't just roll over Thanksgiving like that. But Christmas is the long break. Oh. Yeah. We're almost there. You're getting a break this weekend. Yeah, I am getting a break this weekend. You are getting a break. I just, just not a three-week break. I'm sorry. You can't cut class that long. (laughs) But I want to. (laughs) Did you hear that side slice we gave out? Right before (laughs) it went on the air. She's like. (sighs) Now she's scratching. Itching her ears or rolling, doing something. I don't know. Yes, welcome in to Saturday on another Saturday on Woods and Water, South Carolina. We don't say this enough. You can listen to us on 94.5 WGTK in the upstate and then 100.7 WQXL, the point, I guess the answer in Greenville. And and this, and, and seriously, uh, GTK is a 100,000 watt station. So you can hear this show from Bogart, Georgia. Almost to Charlotte, North Carolina, and from above Asheville, depending on where you are in the mountains, all that, down to the where I-26 opens up in the, what, six lanes in Columbia? Mm-hmm. So, and anywhere, that's it's it's a huge signal. And then and then QXL in Columbia uh, pretty much is Richland County, Lexington County, and then if you, because it's on the fall line, it doesn't come up. Much towards the upstate, but it drops off down towards the coast. So you a little bit of Sumter County, uh, Orangeburg County, down and through there. So, yeah. And you can listen online if, you, if if you're ever not in the signal range. Both stations have a listen live link on their websites. You can click the listen live links and get us there. And I'm pretty sure both of them are on TuneIn, too, the TuneIn app. So, yeah, if you're if you're just not at home, I hate when it does that. If you're just not, you know not at home on a Saturday and you want to catch up with the show, you can do it there. I'm sorry, I'm about six months behind on getting the podcast on the website. It's just man, it's just been busy, 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 busy. It doesn't seem to be letting up either. <clears throat> of course, everybody out there, y'all, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Everybody's just covered up. So anyway. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, uh, this past week was nice. This week, coming week is going to be nice. If uh, the leaves are starting to change, I don't know what the, what the altitude is right now, but it's going to start getting good. There are already some real vivid reds from maples over down here. So make, uh, get you a trail. Oh, speaking of trails, we're going to have Allison 
Rock's coming on. Uh, she's our quote unquote hiking contributor. <laughs> We're going to talk about some hiking stuff. She's, uh, man, she is somewhere all the time and she's doing this make a wish hike. So that'll be fun to catch up with her and, and, uh, get some hiking tips for this fall. Mm-hmm. You going to make it there? Mm hmm. You sure? Yep. Okay. All right. Don't we have a calendar? We have a calendar. Uh, God, it's about the third time that number has called me. The thing Verizon or my spam filter silences it. Um, yes, we have a calendar of events brought to you by Visit Anderson and Green Pond Landing Event Center. And to kick it off for you ladies out there, this is kind of fun. Artemis, South Carolina, uh, a fireside chat, Thursday the 26th. Can't read it. That's why I printed it twice. Tuesday, a Thursday. Yikes! And what? I can't read that. Why? This is just. I'm not the magnifying glass app. No, I'm not pulling out the magnifying oh. glass. I'm pulling out the calendar just to see when Tuesday is. But this is ridiculous. The 26th. I can't even read that. It's just anyway. This this month's topic topic. Get those kids outside. Time spent outdoors with family is time well spent. Rarely do children look. Back fondly on the day they played a video game, but they are far more likely to remember catching fireflies or skipping rocks. So, Allie Eberly, mom of three-year-old Cameron, will introduce us to several fun activities and ways to make your kids want to spend time outside. So, there you go. Tuesday, October 26th, 6.30, uh, and there is a link on the National Wildlife Federation page nwf-org dot um, uh, where you can register and then you get a confirmation email and information about joining the Zoom meeting. Are you done with that one? I'm done. That was hard. That was hard. <laughs> Waccamaw <coughs> National Wildlife Refuge in Georgetown is putting on youth deer and hog hunts and these hunts are going to be November 10th, 12th, December 1st, and December 4th for ages 7 to 17. Stands are provided, an adult can be provided, but if you are going to go, an adult at least 21 years of age or older who is licensed to hunt big big game and deer tags are provided, you can apply by sending um, some information to Waccamaw and WR at FWS.gov. And so Waccamaw National Wildlife yes. Refuge. All you got to provide is the youth name, contact number, and email address and a list of dates that you're applying for. But the deadline is Sunday. So, y'all don't miss that. Yeah, don't miss that. Uh, veterans encouraged to apply for Cowden Plantation Deer Hunts. The Department of Natural Resources and Cowden Plantation near Jackson, South Carolina. I'm not mistaken, that's Kenny Jarrett's place. Are offering their thanks and appreciation to our military, whether active, retired, reserved, or disabled. In memory of uh, Thomas Kaufman. By hosting two free deer hunts on November the 12th and December the 3rd. Successful applicants will have lunch for the hunt, as well as the opportunity to tour the Jarrett Rifles Gun Shopping Museum in Jackson, South Carolina. For those interested in attending one of the hunts, please fill out an application. Uh, it's a PDF file on the DNR website. And you have to email it to Captain Ben Thomas. And that deadline is October the 30th. And then you'll be notified upon successful drawing of your application. SCDNR is putting on a saltwater family fishing clinic in, <clears throat> sorry, 
Georgetown at Winya yes. Bay on Friday, October 29th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And to go register for that event, you can go to the DNR website. Speaking of Department of Natural Resources, their uh, application process is open for the 2022 summer internship programs. These are 12-week um, summer internships at multiple locations throughout the state. Intern gain, interns gain wildlife and fisheries management field experience. They provide the opportunity to participate in electrofishing, river and stream sampling, fish aging, dove banding, wildlife and plant surveying, and prescribed burning. Management activities vary based on location. Uh, for more information, uh, www.dnr.sc.gov backslash admin backslash internships WFF. The deadline to apply is October the 29th. Um, Turkey Shoots, hosted by Low Country Field of Dreams, is going to be held every Friday from October 15th until Thanksgiving. Winners from each round will be brought back on November 26th for a shoot-off for a chance to win a gun. And those are going to be held in Ridgeville. And y'all can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Low Country Field of Dreams. Ah, National Deer Alliance in the Foothills Branch, which is my branch, uh, is offering the Foothills Branch Spooktacular Raffle. Uh, got Benelli's and a bunch of other guns. Um, Benelli, a Christensen arm in six and a half, a Bagheera E14 rifle and three and wind mag, Shadow Systems, nine millimeter pistol, Palmetto State Army PA15 and 556. Uh, one winner for each gun will be drawn via random drawing live on the Foothills NDA Facebook page. Uh, winners can claim, claim their firearms if they get them and the proceeds will benefit the NW, NDA Youth New Adult Military Hunts, SCDR, South Carolina Hunters for the Hunger, and more. And that drawing date is November the 1st at 8 o'clock. So go to National Deer Alliance, look up Foothills Chapter, and get us in. So we'll get back to whatever we got, what you got. So hang on. We'll be back with more Woods and Water, South Carolina. Allison, talking about hiking on the next segment. I'll hang in there. Come on, bob your head, Taylor. No. Come on, bob your head. No. You know you want to. No. Yes, you do. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep saying all you want to. It's not going to happen. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. As uh, as the weather cools a little bit and the leaves come out and pop, and then even after the leaves are off the trees, it is just one of those times where you want to be out on the trail and... Uh, as advertised last segment, we got Allison Rock with us, who is our "quote unquote" hiking contributor. Uh, we were we were talking we were talking before, man. The the rafting trip we did in July seems like ages ago. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, great memories though. Oh yeah, that was funny. We were I've tried to put all four of us together, Heather, our guide, and and the three of us together, but it just didn't work out for this show. But we are going to do that show because she was so much fun. And we had so much fun, and I'm not going to spoil it by saying what we what we laughed and giggled and had fun with and all that, because that would just ruin the whole thing next time. But there's there's some sweet. We have got to make that happen. I got to get them to get her on and and talk about it, because that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. I That's think our smiles were as big as the raft that day. You know? <laughs> uh, we just had such a great time. Oh, it was wonderful, and 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 for those of you who didn't weren't around when we did that. That was uh went up with South Carolina Seven. That was one of their stops during every 
July is to go whitewater rafting on the Chattooga. And, uh, man, what a, a beautiful, it's, no, it's not deliverance country. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, paddle faster boys are here banjo. Music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just, uh, and hey, did you hear, did you hear about the canoe they found up there? Shortly after we were there, they found a canoe up on the yes. Chattooga. And they unearthed it, and it's going to be on display yeah. for a while. Yeah. That is really neat. They're saying it's like 200 years old or something like that. That's so about that. as old as you are, right? Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> De- depending on what day I'm in, you know. You know feel, oh, my god. You feel younger or older. It's nothing like taking grief from both you your guests. That one uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah, you did. Well, just you just didn't have to hit me over the head with it. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man. Okay. Okay, I'm taking control of this now. No more fun. No more games. Oh, okay. No more hitting me over okay, the head with stuff sure. about being old. Uh-huh. Uh, but, no, that that was a fun time. And, yeah, that's uh, that story about the canoe is pretty, pretty mm-hmm. cool because normally you don't get canoes up on a, a section of river like the Chattooga, and they're trying to figure out who's who made it and how long it's been there and what it was used for. So pretty cool. It makes you realize how blessed we are in the upstate and even in just all of South Carolina to have all these beautiful resources oh, that we do. Right, and and all within three or four hours' drive, no matter where you live. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's close. It's not like you've got to drive from here to Colorado to get to it. Yeah. It's here. Speaking of Colorado, mm-hmm. you just got back from Glacier National Park. I did. That was like a bucket list trip that really wasn't on my radar this year, and I just got so lucky. Glacier is beyond incredible, <laughs> and we were talking earlier that that trip is so weather dependent yeah. because it snows so early in the season. You just never know what's going to happen in October as far yeah. as weather goes. Um, that going to the Sun Road is very special. I like to think of it as like maybe the Blue Ridge Parkway where you just get on it and you can pull off and see different things and hike and see waterfalls. I could spend all day there. <laughs> Probably did part of the day while you're out there, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We put in 12 and 14 hour days just to take everything in because that our time there was very limited, and yeah. we definitely maximized our time. It it was awesome. It was really, really awesome. I'd say a midweek trip for folks, if they can plan it that way, you'll yeah. definitely have the road to yourself a little bit more than on the weekends. We were there. It was almost 90% sucked in with fog. Oh, but still that's pretty, though. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you kind of look yeah. over the edge, and it just disappears in the fog. You're like, okay. <laughs> Not sure how far down I'd go before I'd hit bottom. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. It's just magical. Like, yep. every turn you take on going to the sun is just Something like this different. jaw-dropping, yep. picturesque landscape. And you're like, oh, I've got to stop and take a photo. Uh-huh. And then you drive 300 <laughs> yards, and you're like, I need to stop and take, take another, another photo. Because this yeah. is pretty, too. Yeah. Oh, well, what a neat trip. Yep. That's it. I I was telling Taylor, wouldn't it be fun to watch Alice in Alaska? Mm-hmm. She her head be spinning. She just wouldn't know which way to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, the United States in it. So I got a little park passport uh-huh. um, for the national parks and the national monuments while I was out at Glacier. Okay, so this is technically my first national park, and so now I'm so giddy to go. Explore 
explore uh, all the other places in the United States and even the state parks in South Carolina. Yeah. I'm working on getting their passports. Okay. Too. Okay. So it's just something to kind of strive for to to get more stamps and go exploring yep. more. Because time passes. It waits for nobody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of time, it is that time of the year when, uh, you know, a lot of people are out leaf watching and, and like I said, even after the leaves are off the trees, man, hike it. Cause that's when your views really blow up. I mean, you, the, the places you can see with the leaves off the trees, you know, leave, we all love tr- leaves and they're nice and cool and green and then turn nice colors and all. But man, when they're off the trees, that means you can see so much that the leaves hide. And uh, but it's time to get out on the trail, and you, you have been busy. I mean, I'm sitting here, nine times preserved, Pickens County, Daffodil Flats, Linville Gorge, Grandfather Mountain, Peters Creek Heritage Preserve, Foothills Spur Trail, Points at State Park, Saluda River Walk, Columbia Lands for that kind of Young's Mountain Trail. You have 45 hikes for the year, 341 miles, and you're on 91 of 100 since starting the Hiker Babes Journey to 100 Hikes. I'm getting there. I you think stay I might on the trail, don't hike. Yeah. And twenty that's right. Someone joked and said, Man, you stay in them woods, don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, What I love it. What? I love it. I love everything about hiking and this is a great time of the year for anybody that's looking to get into it and just get into the woods and explore nature. This is the time to start. Two two of these well, we won't call them walks, but if you've got small kids and strollers right now, I mean, we were up at uh, DuPont this past weekend with, with Jordan and Daniel, my grandson, and a stroller, and then, then a little, you know, chest pack carrier and all that. Now, with small kids, probably not time to strike out on a long, mountainous hike and all, but you got two of these on here. Now, we've been to Lansford Canal State Park, Taylor, and seen mm-hmm. all the ruins and all, and, and then you've got Saluda Riverwalk in Columbia. Talk about those two when it comes to just the ease of getting accessible and the ease of the walks in those two areas. Well, the Saluda Riverwalk, I had been eyeing that for quite some time. My family lives in Columbia, and so I was home one weekend, and I loved it because it's a paved path. I wouldn't really consider it a hike, more like a stroll following the river. And so it's paved. It's got probably eight to nine foot wide paths. So it's perfect for people to walk side by side in a stroller, like you said. I loved it because the closer that you get to Riverbank (laughs) Zoo, you can hear the animals howling. And that was a neat experience for me because I actually worked at Riverbank Zoo. And Ah. so we called on the the howler monkeys or whatever. They were really kind of showing out the day that, that I was there. But it's just you never know what you're going to see out on the river. You might see some cranes, or you might see a fish jump in, or I actually saw a white-tailed deer that ah. day on the Saluda River Walk and had a cool, you know, three- or to five-minute encounter just staring him down. And you know? uh, Yeah, it was beautiful. And then Lansford Canal, gosh, please, to the listeners, check out the spider lilies when oh, they're yeah. in season in the spring. <laughs> I had never been able to see those even when I lived in the Rock Hill area and so I planned it this year that the river the Catawba River was low enough to where I could go out there and see them this year I messed up and I just walked at the state park but you can rent kayaks and that personally is probably the best way to see those lilies is by a kayak and that would be a cool experience you know you were there on a weekend where I was in Chester 
because I remember when we talked, and and I called the park ranger, and I I talked a little bit to him about you know putting a canoe in and coming down and all. And he said you got to watch out when the water's lower. There's so many rocks in that river, you'll be portaging and all that stuff more than you'll be you know floating or whatever. So that's one thing to be mm-hmm. careful about when you're at Lands for Cow. But yeah, you got a little adventurous there and uh, and hiked out to some of them, didn't you? <laughs> I won't tell you how I reached one of the lilies, but it required me to, um, like, straddle a, a broken pine tree that was, like, in the water. And, yeah, I was, I was bound and determined that day that I was going to get a close-up shot of the spider lily because oh, I said, gosh, I'm here. Yep. I really want to see these beautiful plants. Yeah. They are. There's something uh, else. I that... highly recommend down there, too. You yeah, know, uh, there's only – there's that – that's I think that's the largest population of spider lilies because there's a there's like a downstream one in Georgia that's smaller than that one, but I think that spider lily uh, area there at Lansford Canal is one of the largest in the United States. So I only think there's a couple here in in the southeast to begin with. Well, here we go. So while you were talking, Uh-oh. I just googled it. Okay, you got a minute. The Papa River is home to the largest known stand of the Rocky Shoals. Spider lily, a flower species found predominantly in the southeast. There you go. So there you go. Peak bloom is May and June. So listeners, put that on your to-do list for 2022 and make a stop to Lansford Canal. And we'll put a plug in here for the South Carolina State Parks because you can buy, what is it, $99 to get a state park pass? That is so reasonable when you think about what all you're able to do at the state park. 47 South Carolina State Parks. Mm-hmm. 46 of them oh, have yeah. water. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a that's a deal. And I tell you, and, and all you got to do is go. We were up at, uh, at Lake Cassie the other day at Devil's Fork, and it was $8 to park. So, I mean, you don't have to use it, but a few times, and it pays for itself. Oh, yeah. And when you think about that money going back into preserving these awesome resources and building new trails, I'm happy to pay $99, right? Like money well spent. Money well spent. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Because it is access to the outdoors. It is access. (laughs) It's all right, Taylor. we got... 35 seconds. I'm just watching it. <laughs> I know you, you are. Watching it. I'm watching it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, Allison, hang on, because I want to ask you about the, the Foothill Spur Trail that you did this summer. And also, you're doing the Make-A-Wish again this year, and that's an important thing that I think a lot of people might get involved in. So y'all hang on. you listen to a little music. We'll be back with more Woods and Water South Carolina on the other side. But don't think I don't think about it. Carlos Santana there. That dot mall coffin again. I'm telling you, that is exactly <laughs> what you look like. Well, I'm glad I look like something. <laughs> really? I, not only am I 200 years old, I look like the guy in mall cop. Okay. I'm taking the pounding today. That's all right. I can take it. I normally get the pounding, so you do yeah. You, that's that's because you asked for it though. I normally don't ask for I, it. I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> How is it always me that's asking for it? Okay, 
okay, Allison, you were there on the on the on the Chattooga River when she asked to be dumped twice, didn't you? I did not ask. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah it was a nice warm day. You did, might as well just go ahead and get wet anyway. Did, you know? did she just ask for it? I mean, because she didn't want to get <laughs> yeah, in, she was asking for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh, okay. I can play sides on this. That's, That's exactly right. At least I didn't fall off <laughs> like you said I was going to. Well, I tried. Uh-huh. Uh, Okay, well, Allison, we talked a little bit about Lansford Canal, like the subject here, the Saluda River, River Walk. You also did the Foothill Spur Trail, and that's, um, you know, this time of the year, leaves changing. You can see four into four states from up there because the air is so clear. Uh, talk about that yeah. Foothill Spur Trail from Sassafras Mountain at the overlook to Caesar's Head. It's beautiful. Until I actually purchased the Foothills Trail map, which I highly recommend because the volunteers, are so detailed and they take awesome time in making that map. Uh, but it wasn't until I got the Foothills Trail map that I realized there was a 14 mile spur trail starting at Sassafras and running to Caesar's Head. And that's actually the route that I would recommend doing it. I wouldn't recommend starting at Caesar's Head and working <laughs> up to Sassafras. Okay. <laughs> I would not do that. But, um, did not pass hardly any people on that trail and I recommend having two cars to kind of shuttle because otherwise you're going to be doing 28 miles okay. um, in one day. But it's beautiful. There's these, I hope I'm saying this right, the geodetic survey markers, you know, okay. that are like in the, the mountains. Yeah. Um, those were out there and Dolves Mountain and Bursting Rock Mountain is out that way. And you get a clear view back towards Table Rock, which it's neat to now that I know where that is hike Table Rock and look back mm-hmm. and know what mountain I'm looking at. Hmm. So, yeah, anybody that's looking for, like, a more challenging hike that's kind of worked their way up to longer-distance hikes, I recommend it. The Foothills Spur Trail from Sassafras to Caesars Head be about 14 miles, really good elevation. The leaves would be beautiful this time of year. And you'd probably have the trail to yourself, so you wouldn't have to fight with anybody at any of the pretty um, mountainous overlooks. You mentioned a map, and that's probably, mm-hmm. you know, you always talk about gear when we come on, and that's probably a piece of, it's not really gear, but it's something you really need to have. Oh, absolutely, and especially hiking in the upstate. Um, that was one thing when I was out in Glacier. I know we talked about Glacier in the last segment, but yeah. out there, you very rarely have cell phone reception. So hard copy maps is something that I had to learn how to read and understand pretty quick out in Wyoming and Washington and Idaho when yeah. we were traveling because yeah. there was just no cell phone reception. So I use all trails all the time for okay. hiking. That's where I find a lot of my hikes, and I like to track myself so that I know that I'm on the right track. Okay. But, yeah, you can't go wrong with a hard copy map, and you can find them at the state parks on their website or Foothills Trail or Palmetto Trail. They have really detailed kiosks at the trailheads or they're on the website for you to find. So definitely don't leave home without a map. That's maybe one of the first things in hiker safety that I always like to tell folks. So I I downloaded the All Trails app to my phone, and you're saying that most of the time in South Carolina you will have enough self-coverage to get to the maps once you're on the trails. But Yeah, and I use – there's a 
paid version and there's a free version of all trails. Okay. And right now the free version has just done me and served me well. Okay. But I believe you can actually download those files to your phone uh, based on people's previous courses that okay. you could just track their course with the pro version. But I've never really had to use it because I've just been so familiar with the other trails. Gotcha. But, yeah, definitely look into that. All Trails, the pro version, they go on sale around a lot of big holidays. Okay. And it's pretty – it's relatively cheap when it comes to, like, your safety and, sure. and knowing where you're at. Uh, yeah. and, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you can't really put a price tag on that, right? No, not until, <laughs> not until it, yeah, you're faced with it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's funny. You, you you pull up the All Trails, and it says – you know, you want to let them you want to let them know where you are while you're using the app, and all of a sudden it pops up with top trails nearby, and they're all in Greenville County. I'm like, oh, this is just freaky. <laughs> yeah, technology I am. is so useful, yeah. and especially as a solo hiker like myself, I always like to tell folks where I'm going. Yeah, some of the state parks have little check-in kiosk to where you fill out your itinerary, where you plan to go, when you plan on returning. That way it gives them an idea if something does happen to you, they at least have a, a general idea of where to start looking for you. Sure. So I always try to be – I overshare with folks <laughs> where I'm going, what I'm doing, just because you just never know what, what's out there on the trail. It's usually, you know, 10 times out of 10, you usually have a great experience, but yeah. – that one time that things kind of get a little little hairy out there. Got about four and a half minutes. Make a wish. I know you're doing it again this mm-hmm. year. It's not something you take lightly when you get involved with it mm-hmm. because there's a lot going in, but you're almost to the hike itself. So take a few minutes and talk about the make a wish, you know, how to get involved in this, how to plan out because it it's an involved thing to do all these practice hikes and all. And then Taylor's got some questions for you about the end result. Okay. So the Make-A-Wish Trailblaze Challenge is a one-day, 28.3-mile hike along the Foothills Trail. It's not a race by any means. It's really kind of a journey to simulate what Wish families go through during their medical journey. And these are kids that range from 2 years old to 18 years old that have critical illnesses. So we're talking tough stuff like cancer or leukemia or cystic fibrosis and make a wish grant these children wishes so that they can go out and um, do the things that they want to do while they are recovering and the most common wish is a trip to disney which because of covid (laughs) that's been restructured a bit so now people are requesting room makeovers or game room setups or trick out my truck or um, RVs or campers so that they can still go explore safely with their family. Sure. But this this hike raises money so that we can go and grant more wishes. There's probably 100 hikers from all over South Carolina that participate in this in both the spring and the fall. So they do it every year, and this is I believe the sixth year in South Carolina that they have done a trailblaze challenge. Okay. So if anybody hears this and it kind of just strikes a chord with them, I would just suggest looking up the Make-A-Wish trailblaze challenge. Which I just did. Jody Wilbanks and Michelle Rice are the team leaders behind this at Make-A-Wish, and they have an email address. 
which is Outdoor Adventures at sc.wish.org. And I would just be on the lookout for some information sessions. They typically start in fall, um, excuse me, fall uh, February for like recruitment. And then you'll start training for 16 weeks. You don't just wake up one day and <laughs> just jump out on the trail and say, I'm going to hike 28.3 miles today. They really get you ready for this. It's like a 16-week training period where they work with you and make sure that you're ready and you're trained both mentally and physically. And this year's group, I'm really, really proud to say we've raised more than $310,000 this year. Wow. So I'm really, really proud of that. Now, you, you kind of had a an interesting way you were raising money this year, Taylor. You got something mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, I think we ran into you downtown Greer with, Fourth of with, July. with a bag of <laughs> aluminum cans. How many did you end up Listen. collecting? <laughs> Yeah, I've been known to do some crazy things, but with COVID, I didn't feel comfortable going to my normal sponsors and asking them to contribute a bunch of money just because so much has changed for these businesses over the last two years. Right. So I've always been an advocate for cleaning up the environment and picking up trash. And so I started setting my cans aside when I was picking up litter off the side of the road. Then I started telling folks about what I was doing. So they started setting their cans aside. And then I knew that Greer was having a Freedom Blast for the yeah. July event where they would be selling some beer and fr- refreshments and that sort of thing. So here I go, just collecting cans, and they all add up. Um, I am thankfully through with that effort right yes. now. I'm not collecting any more cans. <laughs> okay. But I recycled 860 pounds of cans. Golly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was really cool. I think it opened a lot of eyes to people because even I learned that it takes 200 years for a can to decompose in the landfill. Wow. 200 years. So I I hope that I've opened some eyes for some folks. I've raised some really good awareness for Make-A-Wish, and folks will continue recycling after this is all over. Very cool. Allison, fun as always. We will uh, continue to have a good time with you. For the rest of y'all folks, hang on. We'll be right back with the last segment of the show for today for Woods and Water, South Carolina. All right. See you on the trail. See ya. Have you got this yet? Uh, what? That's right. You're too young to watch Caddyshack. I was wondering what in the world that was. Jeez. Oh. I, had, I had an idea. You had an idea. For next week, I yes. think we should download all Halloween music, like Michael Jackson. Ooh, that, Thriller. Because, you know, next Sunday is Halloween. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm always thinking. That could be fun. I don't know. You have to, we'll have to check out Global Music Rights, see what we can use, oh, what we can't use. But uh, anyway. The only downside of downloading yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> what a great movie, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, ran out. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of if you've ever watched Caddyshack, you'll get the the little 
God. The groundhog or whatever up front. <laughs> groundhog? What is, yeah, I guess he is a groundhog. Gopher? Whatever. I think it was a, think it was a gopher. It was a gopher, it? okay. Like Chunkers out here. No, Chunkers is a groundhog. Chunkers is a groundhog. Yeah, there's yeah. Chunkers has a friend now. Does he? Yeah. There's a couple of them out there now, so... Well, Good for chunkers. That's our that's our <laughs> afternoon entertainment. Around like four o'clock every day, he we comes have out a, in the backyard. He looks like he weighs twenty five, <laughs> thirty pounds. Like he he's a big ball of fluff. I need oh to get goodness. a I need to get a hold of Scott Lacey, sporting chef. I, need I, I don't want to eat chunkers. Oh come on now, he can I probably tell us the way chunkers we can eat chunkers. Is family. <laughs> <laughs> chunkers scared the fire out of me the other day. <laughs> I walked out. The boat's parked right here outside my office door. I walked out the office door. Chunkers is on the bank on the other side of the boat and just takes off through the, and then just, I was just not expecting him to be right there out my back door. He was under my car the other day. Well, he's getting brave. I was like, um. He needs to become dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm so happy Allison. We we have, uh, thanks to Allison. She, she does a great job. She is on the trail all of the time. Uh, and, and we we appreciate her her uh, being part of the show when she can. So, and now is a great time to get out there. But yeah, let somebody know. Have a trail map. Where are you going to go? Stay on the trail. That's the most important thing when you're out there hiking. Stay on the trail. There are trails there for a reason, so you don't get lost. Unless you're trying to make your way to the river to go fly fishing, then you can kind of. Oh, there's there's somewhere along the way the trail Some, will go down the river. Sometimes, river. yeah. But other yeah. times, I mean, as long as you can see where you're going. Yeah. To the river. Yeah, that's fine. it. Just, just don't, don't strike off through the woods. Yeah. yeah. I we um we did that in Alaska, um and the first sign we had that it was no good was a pile of bear, bear crap down. right there yeah, in the trail. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think course, we're gonna keep doing that. That could be on any trail in Alaska. That is true. Yeah. We were just still. And then we, well, a, we saw we were on a game trail, not a people trail. There was a sign that was like "Beware of moose" because there was like a bunch of berries back there. It was like a big like row of oh, berry that bushes. Whole, that whole hillside was and full so of berries. And I was like, um, I don't feel like getting, you know, trampled by moose. Or here, so we're, by just bear. Gonna, yeah. we're just gonna <laughs> go back and hit the road. We walked the road for the most part on that one. But <laughs> anyway, all right, you you still have? Something. I have I have one more calendar. Do you have any more calendar? No, I don't. Okay, you go ahead. See you, he's coming back. To Charleston, February 17th through the 20th. Yes. Are we going to be there? Absolutely. Okay, good. Um, Can you skip school for it, a couple of days? Is that even a question? It obviously I mean, was. I it's not, mm, I, I physically can, but I don't know if, if my... <laughs> we'll figure it out when we get we'll here. We'll figure it out. Okay. It is the 40th anniversary. There you go. Dang. And it wasn't on last year, was it? Because of COVID. Yeah. I didn't think it was. But if you go oh, to yeah, buy your, it was. I didn't think it was. I thought we went last year. Mm-mm. It all know. runs together. If you go online to buy your tickets now, if you use promo code CW2022, you get twenty percent off all general admission tickets now through November first, and you can get general admission. You can get VIP. Well, they got all sorts of and stuff. Like yeah. three day passes. Yeah. So. But yeah, start planning for Seawee now. Make your hotel reservations, it's get your tickets. It. It's so yeah, worth it. Yeah, it's so much worth it. All right. Um, oh, you got one more thing here. No, this isn't calendar. Oh, this okay. So, uh, DNR came up with a video. Sometimes it's easier just to take what's out here than try to redo it again. So, this is Jay Cantrell talking about uh, deer herd management.
Let's just ask a biologist. Hey, I'm Jay Cantrell, wildlife biologist with the Big Game Program with SCDNR. With deer season upon us in South Carolina, we wanted to take a few minutes and talk about deer herd management. And in harvest management, the best thing you can do is keep good quality records of the deer that you harvest every season. You know, have a, a, a clipboard, have a data sheet at your hunt club or your property, and write down some basic components of your harvest, things like the date, the sex of the animal, the weight, the age, and then some basic antler measurements, things like maybe the number of points, an inside spread or an outside spread, it doesn't matter which one as long as you're consistent. And then if you really want to get in-depth, you could get a main beam measurement on one side. And those things, as you look at those at the end of the season, and then particularly when you look at them year after year, will tell you a lot about what's happening with your harvest. And you can look at trends and body weights and antler characteristics and age structure and really know kind of what you're doing and if you need to adjust your harvest up, down, or if it's doing great. Um, and, and that's good information to provide to a biologist if you're looking for detailed information on how many deer to harvest or things of that nature. We get a lot of questions about this, and, and we got some for this segment, and I'm going to go through a few of them. And the first is, how do you age a deer? And that's probably the biggest challenge for a lot of people. You know, it's not hard to weigh a deer or count antler points or measure a rack. But getting an age is a little bit more difficult. And to do that, you have to extract the jawbone from a deer and look at the teeth and wear on the teeth and the amount of uh, what we call dentine and enamel. And it's a process, but you can either get help from a biologist or there's a lot of sources online that'll kind of help teach you how to age a deer. A related question to that is, why do I need to know how old a deer is? If you harvest a, a buck, say it's a six-point buck with a 12-inch inside spread and it weighs 130 pounds. If you don't know how old it is, you got a mystery. If that's a year-and-a-half-old deer, that's an outstanding deer and, and you're probably doing a great job managing your herd. If that's a four-and-a-half-year-old deer, that's pitiful and you probably need to harvest some more deer, improve your habitat, or change something in your program. So that age component really tells you a lot about what you're actually harvesting. You're really wanting to have this data and look at it for a number of years to see the trends and what's happening with your population. Are things getting better, worse, or staying the same? And that's why it's so critical to have this information. And the age data is, is critical to be able to tell you what your weights and antler characteristics really mean. Another question we got, and we get this a lot, is how many does should I harvest on my property? You know, a lot of it's going to depend on, obviously, how big your property is, what the deer density on your property is, what your habitat is like, what's the habitat like around you? Do you have a lot of agriculture around you? Do you have development around you? What are your neighbors doing? Are there deer being harvested at an rate next to you or not being harvested at all? You know, there's a lot of things going on there. What is your uh, fawn recruitment rate? How many fawns are surviving to get into the population every fall? Uh, there's a lot of questions, but, you know, by collecting good harvest data and having some good observational data of does and how many fawns they have, uh, you can kind of get to a good point and, 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 and establish how many deer you need to harvest. But a good rule of thumb from a starting out point before you have any data is to say about 25% 
of your adult does can be harvested every year to keep a stable population. So that's a good place to start if you have kind of an estimate based on cameras or observations about how many adult does you might have on your place. Another question we got is what's an ideal sex ratio for the deer herd on my property? If you're at one and a half does or two does to a buck, you're doing fine. You know, and a lot of people think they have a really skewed sex ratio and it's extremely out of whack, but honestly, it's about impossible to get worse than about four does to a buck. This is because they're born at about a one to one ratio. Does and, fawn, does and buck fawns are born about the same rate. So over time, even though bucks do die at a faster rate in the younger age, you still can't get much worse than about four to one. And most properties you know, are probably in the two to one, three to one range. The closer you get to an even sex ratio, the better it is because you get a more compact rut, you get breeding activity that happens in a shorter window, you get it happening a little bit earlier, so you'll get fawns born earlier, which survive better, you get better hunting because you have more rutting activity in bucks chasing does, attending does, and it's less stressful on your bucks because the breeding season doesn't get prolonged and they don't go into the the winter in in poor condition because they hadn't been chasing does around for three or four months. So getting your sex ratio balanced is a great thing to do. Thanks for submitting those questions. We hope you have a successful deer hunting season and be sure to get in touch with us if you have any more questions about deer herd management. So I don't know if that's a a thing they're going to be doing or if that's just a one-timer, but you know, it's hard. Why reinvent the wheel when they've already done it for you? Mm -hmm. So, hope you enjoyed that. If you're managing your deer herd, there's uh, that's on the DNR website, or actually the Facebook page. You got one more thing for us? I just have some news. Um, there's another falling accident from a tree stand. A woman fell 20 feet from her stand in Carlton County, and she suffered multiple injuries, and she doesn't say that she was wearing a harness. So just... That's just your kind of weekly reminder from us <laughs> with deer standing full swing right now. Just make sure to wear your lifeline, wear your harness, because it is worth it. If you don't have one, go get yourself one so you can always be prepared. And if you're going to go get one, get one from Hunter Safety Systems because mm-hmm. they make the best ones because they're good people. And they're in the business to save your life. You talk to Jerry or his brother, that's what they'll tell you. Yep. It's not glamorous. But it is something that does uh, prevent accidents. And it's just peace of mind. Not only for you, but for everybody else that's around you that loves you. Also, another piece of news, it is bear season around here. So if you're out on the trails, wouldn't be a bad idea to wear bright colors. If you're <laughs> if you're hunting on um, Walking public on, property, yeah, yeah. just be aware. Be aware of people out there. All right. Thanks for tuning in. As always, make time to get out there. Hit the back roads when you can. Don't forget that camera. We'll see you back here with a Halloween version of Woods and Water South Carolina next week. <laughs> Y'all have a good one. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.